Hello, Space Junkies, and cheers to a new year. You're listening to What a Piece of Junk, the Star Wars podcast here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And this is episode 101, our final episode for the year of our Lord 2022. I am your agreeable host, Scott Botman, and joining me, as almost always, is my co-host, Mr. Derek Marsh. Derek, how's it going, and Happy New Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, because it's all the fun stuff, and then those that celebrate Kwanzaa, and then any other holidays that I missed. Um, so you look so refined there, Scott. I mean, I that- know. I'm trying to like, uh, you know, class up the joint a bit, right? Uh, <laughs> I feel I, I feel gonna, like we should be at the bar up in the cantina, right? I was so. going to say I'm drinking a, my customary rum and coke, but I actually didn't have any Coca-Cola in the house tonight. So this is a rum from the Outer Banks of the beautiful state of North Carolina. So it is at least craft batch local. There you and go. Cheerwine Zero. It is... It is a taste, that is for sure. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's a good taste. <laughs> so, so I love, I love, I love your commitment, though. Too, you're like, I'm yeah. going to drink this anyways because I can't waste the it, bourbon hey, or the looks, cheer wine. That's right. It looks good, and it, and at least I can taste the butter rum. So you know, yeah, it's, there uh, you go. yeah, it looks cool. So there you go. I'm classing up the joint. But you know who isn't classing up the joint? Why? It's our original Wookiee co-pilot, our very own Dave Phil Cloney, the man of a thousand nicknames, Mister Miracle. Nathan, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty great. People keep telling me seasons, greetings, and whatnot, but Life Day was last month, so I'm not yeah, sure what that's all about. That? Yeah, yeah. Well, but I was uh, I, 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 real quick. I was going to tell you, Scott. Though it's so hard to find. You can, I think, you can still find it though. If you could find Sierra Mist Cranberry. Oh, so it only comes out basically during the holiday time right now, and yeah. then Malibu Rum. Okay, it is phenomenal. Wow, I never would have thought to mix those together. So. I, I came up with it like 10, 15 years ago, and then I can't find, for the life of me, Sierra Miss Cranberry anymore. So I don't know if they still make it or not, but it now, is. Have you tried this recipe with Sprite Cranberry? I have not. Because so. we have Sprite Cranberry around. I've seen it. Okay, I might have to try that, though. So Yeah, I, I've had the Cranberry Sierra Mist. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that, and I don't drink alcohol at all, so... Um, Thanks for the tip, but, but, I'll but if, pass. You like, if you like fruit punch Kool-Aid, it is delicious. <laughs> the, the last time I tried alcohol, uh, I was at your house, Derek. It was Star, uh, yeah. uh, Star Trek wine. And um, <laughs> I, I took half a sip. I won't even call it a full sip. Yeah, it's a Romulan yep, ale. Yep, this is not for me. There's a reason I don't drink. But there yeah. was, the good point, though, it got Christina to drink. I mean, Christina, Christina loves, you know, alcohol like we all do or you know, well, drink it. Well, <laughs> the ones that us that like, like, like it. you like all it. do. <laughs> but it got her to do the, the Star Trek, you know, so that was the fun. Yeah, part. yeah. I liked how at, at that gathering you had the Romulan ale and you hand the cup to Nathan. You're like, now be careful. It's a little sharp. And Nathan drinks it and like thinks he's going to die. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I poured my own cup, and I I purposely poured like the thinnest uh, thinnest little layer, like it yeah. barely covering the bottom yeah. of the cup. Nathan yeah. and Michael Van Bremen were both kind of like, yeah, I can leave it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I only tried it because it was uh, Romulan ale. It, However, Nathan, it you should be have- illegal. It should be illegal. <laughs> you did have a very festive interaction in the Star Wars way this week. Uh, 
in the week that we are recording this, you are only a few days removed from getting to meet a Star Wars actor and get some things autographed in Charlotte, North Carolina. Tell us about what happened. Yes. So Ray Park, the actor who played Darth Maul himself, uh, was at a local comic book store, Rebel-based Comics and Toys, uh, which I don't actually go there all that often because we do a whole lot more gaming than we do collectibles and comics. And they're not really a gaming store, um, but they're great for comics and collectibles. So if yeah, you're they into have that, a huge collection of Star Wars toys and and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And with a name like Rebel Base, you can tell that they are a heavily Star Wars themed location. Yes, yes, they are. Um, but uh, Ray Park was there uh, doing autographs. Uh, he showed up about about four o'clock. I assume that's what time he was scheduled to be there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get there until about five uh, because I I worked. A little bit early, so I could you know leave at four and get there about five. Man, finding a parking spot, I didn't realize there's two different parking lots, mm-hmm. and I should have been in the other one because I drove around for 15, 20 minutes just making laps around the parking lot until finally somebody was leaving. Um, I got inside, and the way it's set up, uh, there's this hallway um, where there's a, a great clips where you can get your haircut, and then uh, Rebel Base is on the other end of the hallway. And people were lined up down one end of the hallway and halfway back down the, the other end. So long line straight off the bat. And people were coming out of the Great Clips, having just gotten their haircut, going, what in the world is yeah. going on over what is there? happening with all these nerds? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, everybody's carrying stuff to get signed and all this. Um, fortunately, the line moved fairly quickly. Uh, turns out what was happening is uh, there was a line out in the hallway and then also a line going through the store. Um, so when I got there, there was some space inside the store, but they hadn't let the people go in from the hallway yet. So about the time I showed up, the line moved you know, quite a bit but then stopped again for a while. Um, Ray Park, great guy. Uh, he was talking to everybody, but that does make the line go a little bit slower. Um, so saw lots of people with lots of Darth Maul stuff to have signed. Uh, at, now, halfway through the store, uh, one of their people came over and was like, hey, I'd really like somebody to buy this poster so Ray Park can sign it. I thought about getting it, but it was a Clone Wars poster. I thought, you know, if this were Sam Witwer, I'd do it. Uh, it's $12 for the poster. Really not a bad price. But uh, I thought, no, nah, th- this is Ray Park. I need to get him to sign a Ray Park thing. So I did. And being a huge Star Wars fan, I decided to go way off script and have him sign Toad from Marvel Crisis Protocol. <laughs> <laughs> now, you told me this earlier, but it's still a funny part of the story. When you handed him the Toad card, he goes, oh, Toad. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not expecting that. Like I said, 99% of the people there, more than 99% of the people there had Darth Maul stuff. I don't think I saw any G.I. Joe stuff, um, or at least not for him to sign. There was some memorabilia out um, showing, yes, he, he was in G.I. Joe. But uh, no, everybody there was for... Darth, whoa, that's the wrong side. <laughs> Darth Maul. <laughs> so, you showed the dark side of that card. <laughs> ah, ah. 
so uh, this card is actually Scott's. So I'm holding on to it uh, for him, but um, uh, this is Deep Hatred from the collectible card game. Uh, one of the later, I think Reflections 2 is when this came out. Oh, that's Reflections 3. Uh, yeah. That is Reflections 3. Okay. Deep Hatred, yeah. Reflections 3. Yeah. Um, that that makes sense because this one is about lightsaber combat, and that's one of the yeah. last things that they did and in that game. To- Hat tip to Ray Park because he signed the picture in such a way as to not cover up Maul's face, not cover up any of the game text of the card. And finally, he did it in red pin on the red and black dark side card. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and he used green for Toad. So, yeah, yeah, he was prepared. He knew what he was doing. Um, so I, of course, was dressed up as Dave Phil Cloney. Uh, I was disappointed that I didn't immediately have tons of people saying, hey, it's Dave. Um but the guy who came over and was like, somebody needs to buy this poster, uh, came over to me to say that because, he's, <laughs> because yeah. he, he came over and said, hey, has anybody ever told you you look like Dave Filoni's brother? What? Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes they have. <laughs> like, I'm wearing the hat. I'm wearing the Rex jacket. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. Yes. <laughs> yes, they have. Um, so when, when I got up to the table, you know, um, He's got a handler, you know, the guy who takes the money. And first thing the handler said was, oh, you're dressed as Dave Filoni. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Got over to Ray Park. And uh, first thing he said was, oh, what's your name? I told him my name. He said, are you sure it's not Dave Filoni? <laughs> <laughs> right on. Right on. So that was great. Uh, I did ask him if he would uh, do a bumper for the show. Unfortunately, he said that uh, he could not do that. Um, it seemed like he, he was distraught over the fact that he could not do that. But yeah, I totally understand there's rules about that sort of thing, so he couldn't do any recordings for us. Uh, but he did ask uh, about the podcast and uh, what we do and what the name was. So shout out to Ray Park. Uh, I, I think we can call him a friend of the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, friend of the show, Ray Park, Darth Maul himself. Good times. Uh, yep. and, great. great. Uh, I did at the last minute decide to shell out for a photograph with him as well uh, because I was dressed as Dave Filoni. I'm like, oh, yeah, we can, we can do this where I'm like directing you in the uh, season seven of Clone Wars. Um, so I've got that up as my profile picture now on Facebook. And uh, I'm sure... As soon as this gets posted, I'll post it there as well so everybody can see it. It's good stuff. Yeah. Tons of Was anybody up actually in Darth Maul, like full painted cosplay? Uh, There were a few people in cosplay. A couple of them were with the store. Um, So uh, one person was in a Mandalorian cosplay. Uh, One person was in an Imperial TIE Fighter uh, pilot cosplay. And he's the guy who tried to get me to buy the poster. Um, one person showed up dressed as Batman with a lightsaber. I'm <laughs> like, cool costume, but I'm not real sure what's going on here. He was, he's like, I have a Batman costume. I have a lightsaber. I'm going to go have fun. He, he wasn't even in line to get something signed. It's like he just showed up. <laughs> That's he's probably the local. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. Cool costume. Looked great. But I was very, very confused. 
So that reminds um, me of um, years and years ago when the first of the new Marvel Star Wars comics came out. I went to go get issue number one from Heroes Aren't Hard to Find in the Queen City. And while I was standing in line to pay for my comics, a guy came and stood in line behind me who was in full cosplay as a Tusken Raider. The comic in question had nothing to do with Tusken Raiders, but it was still <laughs> hilarious. So I've got that picture somewhere on Facebook because um, I was wearing my University of South Carolina jacket that's red and black. And several people thought I was wearing a Next Generation Star Trek tunic. Because it looks like that with the red shoulders and the black and stuff. Yeah. They're like, this is great. Scott's wearing his Star Trek uniform to go pick up Star Wars comics. And then this Tusken Raider is like menacing him from behind. <laughs> nice. Yep. Well, so, that's oh, really great. And thank you very much for standing in line to get my card autographed for me, Nathan. Um, I would have gone myself, but I live too far away from the Queen City now to to do that on a work day. I would never have gotten there in time. Although given how long you were standing in line, I might not actually have been able to pull it off, but you know. Yeah. Because uh, they said Ray Park was going to stay until the last fan left. So as long as that's good on him, good on him. As as long as you got in line uh, before there was nobody left there, you would have been fine. And based, based on the length of line that was still there when I left and based on how long it took me to get up to the front, you probably could have left your house when I left and gotten yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but good, good on Ray Park. That's good to hear. So. Yeah, it is a, a great interaction. Um, it's a wonderful guy. Uh, glad to have him in Star Wars. Glad I got to meet him. Um, it was a little expensive for the signatures, but you know that is the way that the world works now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure fans that are listening would be curious to know. At the comic shop, Ray Park charged $80 for a signature. Uh, that's $80, which is a lot, but is less than what he charged when I got his autograph at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago in 2019. So I'm hoping that means that he was trying to be more you know, affordable for a local shop, because if he was charging, I think I paid 100 and something for his autograph yeah. in Chicago. But that was well, at the Star Wars convention. I was going to so say, that's the convention and yeah. the hotel and yeah. the cost yeah. to get there and everything. Right, right. right. So, so I'm proud to see that he brings his rate down uh, when he and, – and probably he was in charge of this signing. And the signing at Celebration was, of course, done through um, Reed Popper, whatever it is. Um, uh, well, I don't think he was actually in charge of this signing oh. uh, but because of – uh, I hadn't told you this part yet, Scott. Uh, this actually oh. relates to something from Dragon Con many years ago. Okay. Uh, when I got to the handler guy, I saw his notebook said Lou Ferrigno. Whoa. <laughs> and I asked, oh, uh, do you guys you know, handle Lou Ferrigno's sightings too? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> so I told him the story about how when we were at <laughs> Dragon Con, our, our friend Big Mike was sitting in the hallway that led to the restroom. And somebody stepped on his foot and he looked up to, to yell at the person and saw that was Lou Ferrigno and was like, never mind. It's like Mike's really upset and we call him Big Mike for a reason. That's not an ironic mm-hmm. nickname. But this made him even look small and he was all, you know what? You're cool. <laughs> and to yeah. Lou Ferrigno's credit, he did say like, oh, excuse me, when he realized he had stepped on his foot. There you go. So. Yeah, so uh, it it was an additional sixty dollars to get my picture with him, uh, but, but I, I feel like it was worth it because you know someday I might lose this Toad card. I'm going to have that picture on social media forever. 
What? Real you cool. lose a card? No way. Oh, wait. Where did my card go? <laughs> long as you don't lose <laughs> no, my it's card. Right <laughs> don't worry. I won't. Nope. Yeah. No. Well, and the, the cool thing, and I know obviously you're going to put the picture up, like you said, or share it to the to the Facebook group. Um, but at least it was an action pose. That was the cool thing. Like you said, you yes. got to direct it, but it wasn't him just like standing there. Like he actually did what you guys talked about. Right? Well, and, and sometimes and, they're like, oh, I'll just stand here, right? You know, and uh, so so he asked actually uh, if I wanted an action pose, and the person in front of me, he asked them too. Okay. Um, so it, it wasn't just a, oh, you're dressed as Dave Filoni, so I'll do the action pose. He asked everybody who got the picture, do you want me to stand here? Do you want me to do an action pose? Like, how do you want me to do this? Um, which is great. <laughs> um, that, that was, that helped with the interaction. Um, and you know, most of the time when you get a, a picture like this, you're just like, Hey, I'll yeah, it's stand a here. If, like, if, moving, moving, moving. if I was going to do it, I would have wanted to try and do the pose of B being Liam Neeson and getting stabbed and, <laughs> and, and be like, oh, and behind him, right? And he would have been like doing the thing. And so that's what I would have gone for. It, he, he probably would have gone for it uh, because <laughs> we, we have another friend named Nathan Teal who I didn't know was coming to this, uh, but he posted on Facebook like, well, I guess it, it was – it had been on Facebook 20 minutes by the time I saw it. And I was in line for another, I don't know how long. So he, he had, it had been there a while before me, uh, but he posted several pictures uh, and uh, with him and a couple of his friends and they had different poses too. Cool. So um, he, he seemed very amicable to, Oh, you, you want to do something a little bit different. That's great. Yeah, no, good deal. So, all right. So Nathan had an adventurous week. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Dave Filoni and doing animation with Clone Wars, there was a little thing that dropped this past week, and that was the yeah. official season two trailer for Bad Batch season two. So, yeah. Did you, I'm assuming Nathan memorized it by heart at this point. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. No, no, I haven't actually. Uh, I have watched <laughs> it a couple of times. Um, oh. I, I wouldn't say I've memorized it by heart. Um, I actually didn't get to see it until today. Mm, uh, wow. Yeah. It's because you were standing it's, in it's, line to get Darth Maul's <laughs> That That is correct. <laughs> that, that actually is legitimately part of the reason yep. because I would have watched it Friday right after work had I not been doing that. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Um, but that said, I, I have watched it a couple of times. Uh, after watching it the first time, I'm like, I got to watch it again. Uh, lots of good stuff so, going on in that. So good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, well, at first I thought it was a trailer for Far Cry. Um, because <laughs> of the island. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, we got an animation Far Cry. And then all of a sudden they're chasing alien uh, animals down the beach. So. Yeah. Yeah. Alien animals that look like uh, crab turtles. And uh, the mixing of two different species there made me think of Avatar The Last Airbender. Where, yeah. where almost every species you come across, you have like platypus bear and ostrich horse and all these different you know, two animals combined. There you go. Uh, and whatever Alpha is, like air buffalo, buffalo. He's a sky bison. Um, yeah. Who, who's not combined with anything, but also is not like a normal bison. Yeah. Like, Although yeah. George Takei had my one of my favorite lines in, in that series where one of his underlings uh, said there was a bison and the other one said there's a buffalo. And 
George Takei's character asks, well, which one is it? A bison or a buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, I, I, I don't think that it's really pertinent to the... <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think my favorite part of the trailer for Bad Bad Season 2 was the introduction... Uh, introduction, oh boy. Introduction <laughs> of Fee Genoa, who is uh, voiced by Wanda Sykes. Yes. So another uh, <laughs> underworld information broker type, I think. I think she's an information broker type. Uh, Certainly they, seems like it. They get to meet up with her. Um, and She's uh, with Sid. She's with Sid. Mm-hmm. Yep, Sid is hanging out with her. And she's very impressed by the Bad Batch and then is kind of razzing on him about being the, the top team. Um, I get the vibe from this season that the Bad Batch is going to be like the A-team of the Star Wars universe here. If you're in trouble and if you can find them, maybe they'll help yep. you for the right price, you know, So which is cool because I love the A-team. So, mm-hmm. And I think Sid has a B-team and a C-team too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think that's what they mean by, oh, so you're the top team. Sid's got like four or five yeah. teams <laughs> that are, are doing stuff. And what will be great is if, another one of the teams meets the bad batch. And it turns yeah. out that, uh, that you've got people who are quite unsavory that we might recognize on one of the other teams going for the same bounty or whatever their, mm-hmm. the mission is of the, of the, uh, or the objective, yeah. the MacGuffin of the mission. So yeah, whatever I mean, the I'll, target is. Our seeing and Ventress should both be kicking around at this point in time as, yeah. as bounty hunters. So, Nathan, at about the 44-second mark uh, in the trailer, there's this enormous thing, four-legged by a quadrupedal thing crushing its way through a mountain that looks like it might be a volcano. Um, what the heck is that? Is this something from the Clone Wars that I should recognize? Is this the Zillow Beast in a new form? Or <laughs> uh, Well, it certainly can't be the Zillow Beast because right, right. That, that wouldn't be the right size. Let me find the image that you're talking about. It's like this big... Um, it might be a cybernetic creature. Um, ah, okay. I, I think I see what you're talking about. And yeah, I, I think the reason I didn't recognize what you were talking about at first is because those, the red glowing stuff at the top made me think that it was, uh, some leftover from the, uh, the separatists, some droid, well, some I mean, gigantic droid. That still might be true. I, I the think the, the back legs look organic and the front looks cybernetic, but it might all be robot you could be it could be leftover from the separatists you might be right could be or it could be just a <clears throat> really weird type of beast that uh has a metal exoskeleton or maybe maul's spider legs got ai and finally did a kira version and just That's took it. over and kept you know growing yeah. and accumulating more technology until it's that so <laughs> sure totally you're talking about his mechanical legs but his, you know for for a moment there i thought you meant that his actual legs were also fueled by hate and you know his body went off somewhere and got mechanical legs but also his legs went off somewhere and got, got a mechanical it's like, body it's like, it's like it's like ben knobs and broomsticks at the end when the, the soldier legs are going to kicking the nazis so <laughs> Uh, good times, good times. Yep, that, that, that's my official explanation, Scott. This is Maul's legs in a giant mecha suit. Okay, I accept that. And would <laughs> Did you, you do? Because I don't even accept <laughs> my own explanation here. Well, uh, moving on, um, important plot points dropped in the trailer include one Commander Cody talking to Crosshairs. Can- 
Captain Cody. Excuse me. Yes, Captain Cody. Captain Cody. Um, uh, oh, no, sorry. Sorry, no. So you said Cody. That is Commander Cody. Okay, all right. Captain yeah, Rex. Captain Rex. We, we, we see Captain <laughs> yeah, Rex yeah, yeah. later. Yeah, we Commander he, Cody. He appeared in season one, so he comes back in season two. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cody is still working for the Empire, um, and he's talking to Crosshairs, and Cody is telling Crosshairs that more and more of the clones have been questioning the Order now, I don't know if Cody means the order as in Order 66, or if he means the Emperor's new order, um, which could fit into that sentence. I, that's a little bit more of a stretch. It's probably questioning Order 66, but you're wondering why he would phrase it the order instead of saying. Or maybe the order, order to hunt down the Bad Batch. Maybe so. Maybe. But I, I really think it's Order <clears throat> 66, and that was such a monumental order that the clones have just taken to calling it the order. Okay. Um, also, if they were having a conversation and they had already mentioned order 66, then it would make sense for him to just refer to it as the order. Yeah. Also, maybe you're not, maybe clones are like un- incapable of saying the phrase order 66, because it would set everything off again. Ooh, like ooh. they're somehow prevented from uttering that word while they have their inhibitor chips still installed. You know, several of us uh, feel like we shouldn't have executed Order 66. Good soldiers follow orders. (laughs) Oh, dang it! Ah. See, it cuts down on conspiracy amongst the clones. It's a feature, not a bug. (laughs) (laughs) Those Caminos were really smart. They were. Or really, really dumb, depending on how you look at it. Ah, We'll see. I mean, because obviously a couple of them are still alive, so. Yep. 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 Nope. Yep. But under the thumb of the empire. Yeah. Well, they were always under the Still, empire. They it, just didn't know it yet. That's true. Yeah. Because let's be honest, really, at the end of the day, the Republic is the empire. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just transformed um, yep. into just, something just, twisted and evil. Just, it's just the new Twitter. That's all. It's Elon Musk is emperor right you know (laughs) you said it not me at at long last derek's the one calling out people as being too much like the empire uh anyway (laughs) now in fairness i was gonna say it later this episode but now i don't have to (laughs) so commander cody do we think that he's kind of breaking his programming here yes i think cody is going to be one of the clones that they're dropping hints that in this season more for more clones are going to become former uh, Imperial soldiers and join, yeah. if not join the batch, but, but join we know the- Crosshairs is going to kill him. We think Crosshairs is going to kill Cody. Yeah, or you mean, I, I, or you I think mean so. he's going to kill everybody in the batch. No, he's 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 going to kill he's going to kill the Cody because I, I, I don't I mean unless if unless if season two is officially the end of the Bad Batch, but I don't think they will. I think they'll I don't continue think it with it. Yeah. yeah. So if, if <clears> as long as season two is not the end, then Crosshairs will be the one that that. He'll, yeah, Cody will be. I totally agree. They'll be like, you know, running the, you know, underground tunnel. Um, and yeah, he'll kill him at the end. So I uh, totally agree with that prediction because Cody doesn't appear in Kenobi and seems to have not tried to reach out to Obi Wan at any point in time in the past 20, 20 years by the time A New Hope. Well, yeah, okay. fair enough. Yeah. Um, and and he knew that uh, there was a relationship between Obi-Wan and Bail Organa, so he would have been able to track down Kenobi if he were going to. Well, so not I, just that. Rex never gets him in Rebels. Like, you would think Rex would have grabbed Cody to help them with everything they did in Rebels and A New Hope. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, so I, I think Cody, the cleanest way to do it is Cody dies. Maybe even trying to get to Obi-Wan. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, but crosshairs will do it because that's how crosshairs will get promoted and mm-hmm. he'll be the true villain in season three or season four. And, and that also allows crosshair to kill a major character without killing one of the main characters of the show. Tell you, I agree completely. Tell you what I'd love to see is that crosshairs after that, like during the fight to kill Cody, he gets injured again. And this time they fix him with some sort of cyber, cybernetic stuff. And he becomes like the prototype dark trooper. Maybe. Yeah. I can see that happening too. Yep. So, I mean, cause unfortunately he's not going to be Dengar. So <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, if he does become a prototype dark trooper and we're, we're projecting way out into the future here, but if he does do that, uh, he could eventually turn on the empire and that would play into the whole, yeah, we finally figured out that with the dark troopers, the main thing is you got to not have the human component because, you know, we started out with this human guy who was a yeah. clone yeah. and he ended up betraying the empire. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like crosshair has to come back into the fold at some point because he's a yeah, member he'll still sacrifice himself because he's gone too much down. He'll go too yes. much down the dark path. So yeah. Re- redemption you know. equals death. It, it is a thing. Yeah. So he'll, yeah. he'll be, he'll be the Vader or whatever of the series. So the, the um, Kylo Ren of the series, yeah. the Kylo mm-hmm. Ren. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I see that eventually that's what'll happen. So, um, but yeah, a lot of unfortunately troopers or clone troopers that made it, um, won't make it out of bad batch. So yeah, cause it's the cleanest way of making sure other than, cause really at this point, the only one that we know of outside of one that actually escaped and was a farmer or something, um, was Rex. I mean, at least canon wise, not that right. they couldn't do that. Cause they said that about Jedi and we have 50 Jedi that have survived order 66. So speaking yeah, so- of Jedi who survived, go for, oh, sorry, go Nathan, go. Yes. Yeah, speaking of Jedi who survived, uh, we see one here or at least a, a padawan uh gunji yep the wookie uh one of my Woo! favorite padawans and i have really mixed feelings about this uh i'm happy to see this character alive because i love wookies and a wookie yeah. jedi is just awesome to me on the other hand this is yet another force sensitive person who has survived the purge and just makes Yoda's whole statement of the last of the Jedi, you will be even more from a certain point of view. Technically this one's a Padawan. Well, at well, some point he's not going to survive because really the only one that technically is at the point, because even though Ahsoka is alive, she's not a Jedi. She's been mm-hmm. trained and she's probably actually better than Luke at that point. Like we all admit but she was never ordained a Jedi, right? So, and she was never going to do something that Obi Wan's ghost and Yoda asked her to do. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ezra was missing. Um, hopefully, we'll find out more about that in future. Well, but to be project. fair, Yoda, Yoda, did, did Yoda know Ezra? Did we see that in Rebels? Did he have mm-hmm. a connection? Yoda and yeah. Ezra it, it, it was each other through a the force, force connection. Yeah. Okay, it, it was similar to what Luke did. Uh, Okay. In the last Jedi, where it was for the first time, it, it was a uh, okay. yeah, the first okay. time call, oh, okay. yeah, okay, okay. Um, only Yoda's uh, the better master than Luke and thus didn't kill him, yeah, 
Yeah. So, but anyways, yeah. Or more, so, more trained in this area, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think Gunji probably doesn't live, even if he's not killed in this series. Well, we, it, we, well he's going to self-sacrifice himself like Kane and Jairus, right? Yeah, could, so. could be, could be. Um, either that or they find some weird way to write him out like they did with Ezra. It's where, oh, yes, he's not around. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, though, technically them being Padawans, they're not Jedi. Yeah, and, and that's so the certain can, point of view that Yoda could yeah, could be yeah. going with there. Yeah, but for yeah. me, I'm okay with this because um, to put it in a more felony esque view of the Force, the cosmic Force is still keeping the light side around, even though Palpatine thinks he's stamping it all out. You know that can't happen. Like it just is antithetical to the existence of the galaxy or the universe in this case. So the light side's gonna have people and organisms still doing its thing, yeah. no matter how many of them you kill. You know. Now, an, an interesting possibility here, though, is um, this could be the origin of the Inquisitors. If uh, if this is kind of the first time the Empire runs into, oh, hey, there's one we didn't get, then that might cause them to say, well, we need to put together our own special force of yeah. bad batchian type people, but who can use the force. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Palp, though, even maybe it was after, but I feel like even during his time as, quote unquote, the chancellor, I thought he was already abducting children. At oh, that yeah. Point. He, he definitely did abduct children at that point. Yeah. But, but um, up to this point, we, we don't know exactly when he started calling them inquisitors and sending them after um rogue jedi oh i see what you're saying yeah well i well when i mean at this point what did vader do with the inquisitor like when did that take place i feel like because i mean essentially we know reva right um she was a padawan so she would be at this point or actually she would have been a youngling technically i guess still at this point um because she was a youngling when she was quote unquote escaped anakin not killing her right so So, yeah. And then, I mean, we got quote unquote 18 years. So that makes her like in her mid 20s or maybe, a, no, no, because uh, Luke was like what? Luke and Leia were like eight or 10 at that point, right? Um, so she would yeah, have been like in her 18. She should have been technically in her late teens. So, but yeah. Anyways, so yeah, yeah, very well. Could be to your point, Nathan, right? That. This is when they could be starting to adapt that, right? So yeah, to say to say, okay, now we like we may have these dark side users, force users, but now we need to start implementing them to go after these guys. And Gunji might be the first inquisited Jedi. Yeah, did anyone ever? Target. Yeah. Did anyone ever go through and like categorize all the um, those frozen in carbon or amber or whatever in Obi Wan? And like went through and listed all fifty people. <laughs> uh, th- th- there were some attempts to do that. Uh, one of them is Sanube. Uh, that, yeah, I remember that one. Um, outside of that, though, there's quite a bit of guesswork of okay. this. Um, well, one of them. One of them. Um, one of them was a kid. Uh, one of them was a kid. Mm-hmm. One was Sanube. Wasn't one of them. Um, Oh shoot! I can't think of his name now. I, I know exactly um, who you're talking about, though. The guy that, um, that Kevin and Cat Cedar really love uh, the ex-Jedi. yeah with, with the the yellow stripe oh. across his face. No, it wasn't Quinlan Voss. I thought Quinlan Voss was one of the ones frozen. 
No, okay. He, he, he had his name written in the whatever thing. Well, the, there is one of the frozen ones that people think might have been Quinlan Voss uh-huh. because the hair kind of matches, but it's also way off in the background and you only yeah, see it for a split second. Yeah. And that's why they haven't all been categorized <laughs> is you really can't tell. It's the quintessential fans will debate this Easter egg until something happens to nail it down. To, yeah. yeah, to to either prove it or disprove it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but we, right we we have not we we definitely did not see Gunji though because we didn't see any Wookies. Okay, yes. that's what I was going to so, say. There wasn't anything like farther off because there was a yeah, ton it, of ton of them. So if there were Wookies there, they were off screen. Okay. Um. Now, well, anyway, in the scene that involves Gunji in the uh, in the trailer for the Bad Batch season two, we get to see him putting down his blaster and using the force to pull his lightsaber to him, which is cool. But it appears that the enemies in that scene that he and Omega are fighting are these like robot droid looking dudes with these um, circular heads. Are these from the Clone Wars, Nathan? I'm not as much up on the Clone Wars as you are. All right, let me find the exact. Uh, so I I have the trailer up. It's somewhere around um, one forty four, I think, that we see Gunji and and uh, Omega and another person who I can't quite make out are fighting against. Uh, sorry, one twelve. Um, oh, that's Tech behind them. No, no, Echo. Echo is behind them. <coughs> Okay, uh, I am not 100% sure if these are droids or if they are people in uh, just weird-looking helmets. Um, they could be people, but, but their knees and hips and elbows look very, very much like they are droids of some type. Yeah, uh, they. I don't recognize them as a particular type of droid from the Clone Wars. Um, they're obviously not B1s or B2s. Uh there was another type of droid introduced in season seven of Clone Wars in, in the Bad Batch episodes. Right. Um, but this is not <laughs> them because um, those had wings and these don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these are, they're multicolored too. So there's some white ones and then there's a yellow one, a blue one, and a red one. You're right. I do see a red one. I think the others, it might just be kind of the light that's on them. I don't know. Maybe I so. don't. I don't know that the lead one's blue. I think it. It may just be in brighter light, uh, but they definitely have like a blue eye and a red eye, mm-hmm. uh, which seems joydish to me. Yeah. Um, it it makes me think that they're probably not fighting the Empire in this scene. Right. That this is pr- probably uh, well. There's a good chance it's, it's bounty hunters. Uh, or some organization that employs bounty hunters um, trying to collect a bounty on Gunji. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, what would really be cool is if this is like a networked collection of droids that are all functioning as one bounty hunter, and it's collective artificial intelligence here in the Star Wars galaxy. That'd be neat. Taking taking the IG IG droids? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because they all are the same body type and, you know, could be all interconnected. Um, and to, to help with this whole, uh, you know, it, it's probably some other organization. I, I'm predicting this organization is called Axis. 
Gee, whatever and made you say that? That that would be the closed captioning that says uh-huh. that the person who says this is the Axis leader. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's not to say that it couldn't be Imperials. Uh, they they could have a group of special forces called Axis. Um, maybe another one called Allies. Hey, yeah. uh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, but it does make me think it's probably not Empire. Probably, yeah. probably something akin to the Black Sun, not the Black Sun itself, but another criminal organization. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've dissected this trailer to death. Um, we get a little more footage of Commander Cody talking to other Imperial people. We see some new stormtroopers, not clone troopers, doing some stuff. And then we see Palpatine in the Senate being all <laughs> menacing. Yeah. Palpatine is the Senate. Yeah. Although not quite yet at this moment in time, but really, really close. Do you think we'll get him on Martha, Moth cameo? Um, maybe. That would be a good, a good uh, interconnection with Or is uh, she not old yeah. enough well, at this point? Oh, no. She, she's old enough. Yeah, I think um, she's in the she's in the Senate by this point. I think. Yeah, uh, I I think we will get Amon Mothma cameo. I think it will be in the Senate. I think it will be in the scene where we see Palpatine in control of the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that she'll have anything more than a you know, the uh, we we would like to be recognized. No. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, anyway, whatever happens in season two of the Bad Batch, you're of course going to be able to hear oh, it. On yeah, our she show. she is in the Clone Wars, so I couldn't remember. So, but she does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and she is voiced by Genevieve O'Reilly. So, yep. Genevieve has definitely made that role her own, and really come in, come into it in Andor. I mean, that was, that's something else. Yeah. So, all right. Cool. Okay, so yeah, March. Oh, sorry, January the fourth is the first yeah. streaming. We we'll record our next episode. We'll be talking yeah. season episode one. Yep. So, so unless if they drop a bunch, I don't know. I think it's two. I think they're doing two of them. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I, I, me too. I, I hope they drop the whole thing. I'll binge it. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> Although yeah, I, said, I would have said that about Jedi Tales, but earlier this year that happened. So hey. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say I thought it would happen. Just that I wanted to. <laughs> yep. All and right. We well, gotta, so we'll see. We got a little more Star Wars news to talk about this week. Um, the, here, even here in the holiday season, uh, Derek's favorite Star Wars director, Ryan Johnson, is uh, in the news again. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, he uh, has basically got interviewed by Variety, where he's uh, was talking. Well, he about, he just came out with his new movie. That was the yes. He thing, was right? talking about Glass, um, Onion. Glass Onion. Yep. 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 But uh, but but Variety and any other uh, entertainment journalist worth their salt couldn't let pass the opportunity to ask Mr. Johnson about the possibility of doing another Star Wars movie. Uh, because at one time we were told that Ryan Johnson would get not just another Star Wars movie, but three new Star Wars movies with his A own trilogy. trilogy. Yes. Um, the odds are very, very low that that is ever going to happen now, but not quite zero. Um, and so they asked him. Uh, you know, after The Last Jedi, and we all know what kind of a sea change that was in the Star Wars fandom. Um, well, and five years, just to remember, that's been yes, five years. Since we have reached the fifth anniversary Christmas. of The Last Jedi. Yeah, kind of hard to imagine it's been that long already, but it has. And so they asked him, um, 
do you think you'll ever get to make another Star Wars movie? And Ryan Johnson says, quote, it wouldn't be the end of the world for anyone, I think, but I would be sad. I love the world. I love the people. I love Star Wars fans. I love the passion of how they engage in it. There's nothing like telling a story in this world and then experiencing people truly connecting to it and letting you know that. It's extraordinary. I'm hoping I get to do it again, but nothing is the end of the world until the end of the world actually happens, which, wait, what day of the week is it? (laughs) So yeah, there you have it. Ryan is tacitly coming to grips with, I think, and has probably personally, you know, on the inside, come to grips with the idea that maybe he won't ever actually get to make another Star Wars movie. Um, uh, What do you guys think here, uh, Derek? I mean, the, the odds are, and then how would you feel if it never happens? Well, what's interesting, though, on a, another he um, was quoted earlier this year. He says, I've talked to Kathleen Kennedy about it and we're still talking about it. Mm-hmm. So he keeps bringing it up to Kathleen. And I think Kathleen is trying to be nice because <laughs> the executive told him <laughs> <laughs> without saying keep him in the pocket. But most likely 99.9 percent, we're not going to do it because we don't want to piss off the fan base anymore. Not that. Everybody dislikes it. Obviously, you guys like The Last Jedi. I have quite a few friends that like The Last Jedi um, that were here when we first saw it five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, like I said, I still haven't watched the full movie since the one time I saw it in the theater. Um, I've watched parts of it, and mm-hmm. I still think to this day there's some really cool action scenes um, and there's some really cool things. But again, um, and, and again, it's just the whole way Disney handled um, the sequel trilogy as a whole, I guess like I said, it wasn't executed to what we were expecting Like at, at that point, what they've been doing with Marvel, right? Right. Um, but for Ryan Johnson, I like him as a director. I like his creative writing. I just don't like the way he handled that mythology, which he's quoted to say in here too, right? Like we were just talking about. Um, because that's the cool thing about Star Wars. And I just don't think he he took it in the right direction that I was hoping for. Again, not to say that he did anything wrong with it, because again, some some people like it. Um, but I think if he was given a clean surface to do, like I said, we've talked about, give us Star Wars 500 years before or after the Skywalker saga. Anything yeah. that technically hasn't really been touched on, other than a little bit um, in the Clone Wars with the with the quote unquote lost episodes of season five that we have a little bit with the whole Darth Bane and, and Darth Revan uncut scenes. Um, but then other than that, anything that's, you know, other than just the high Republic that's now coming out, um, there hasn't been anything. And then obviously, you know, we got the, the old Republic right through the video games and everything. So I feel like that is not, obviously not Canon, but it is stuff that, I mean, to this day, they are pulling from um, to make stuff Canon. Uh, and obviously, but that, that has enough storyline written into it that they could do anything with it. But again, I think he can take anything, start with a clean slate and do it, whether it's Jedi related or not. And I mean, I think now that they, Disney's seen the success with Andor again, I, I think it's not as successful as they were hoping with, but it's been very well received. And again, as we talked about no Jedi with it, that there might be this chance that Disney now takes a deeper chance or or a deeper venture and takes a risk or a chance with giving somebody something that has nothing to do with Jedi. And I think Ryan could make a really cool movie that pertains to whatever he wants to make up with in the Star Wars universe. 
Yeah, yeah. I think the odds are probably 15% chance that he gets to still make these movies. And the reason I put it, it up until this month, I think it was closer to 10%. I think he gets a 5% bonus chance because Bob Iger is back in charge of Disney. And Iger treats creative people very differently than Chapek did. And so we were talking about how some executive had told Kathleen Kennedy, you know, let Ryan Johnson down easy. I'm not sure that all those people are still employed at Disney, and they've been replaced by a guy who was in charge when The Last Jedi was happening. Um, and so I think that gives Ryan a slight bonus. I'm still not anywhere close to saying this is a shoe-in or a slam dunk, um, but I think the odds of it happening are slightly better in the coming year than they were this past this year. Um I would like to see Ryan Johnson do a trilogy based on Star Wars The Old Republic, or do the Knights of the Old Republic. Do I'm Darth fine Kevin. with that, yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, Nathan, what are your thoughts about Mr. Johnson and these, this, this article here? Uh, well, there's an old saying that uh, your chances of being suddenly attacked by a cow are um, never very high, but also never zero. <laughs> yes, that's kind of how I feel about this. The chances of uh, of Ryan Johnson being able to make these movies not very high, not zero. Um, I love The Last Jedi. It's really the only one of the sequel trilogy that I do regularly watch all the way through. Um, so it's definitely my favorite of the sequel trilogies. But he divided the fan base. He, he did. I can't deny that. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. I still see arguments all the time online about uh, how the last Jedi handled things. And quite frankly, I think he was in a position where no matter what he did, that was going to happen because people went into the second movie of the trilogy with their own theories. Um, and obviously not everybody's theories are going to pan out. And, and, oh yeah, hype for Star Wars was at almost an all-time high after The Force Awakens. Um, it still set; it still has records as box office return for for Star Wars movies for movies in general. Um, so yeah, but, but regardless of that fact, he does get the blame for dividing the fan base, and I don't know that they're going to want to bring him back. I think a major portion of the fan base would refuse to go see those movies simply because his name is attached. And that's not a good way to go. Personally, I would love to see him get the chance to do something where he's not working with pre-established characters because we've seen with Knives Out, he can do that. Uh, I'm hoping to watch uh, Glass Onion as soon as it comes out. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. But again, it's his characters, not anybody that is pre-established. Um, so if you got that chance in Star Wars, I would love it, but too much of the fan base would, quite frankly, revolt. <laughs> so I, I think the chances, uh, I, I don't agree with your 15%. I think it's more like 0.15% chance. Wow. <laughs> well, here, here's the one thing to know about Glass Onion, though, Nathan. It's direct to Netflix. And mm -hmm. so that's not even out. Um, the movie. Well, that, that, that's how I plan to see it on the twenty third. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but here's here's how I think that they give it, the chance that Ryan Johnson gets it if they give it to him. It'll be a movie or even a trilogy, but it will be direct to Disney Plus. It won't be a movie through the theater. It'll be a movie through Disney Plus. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you know what? I would almost 
like to see with that, and I'm going to change that to would like to see with that. Um, you know how they did Werewolf by Night yeah. as, as a special event thing, and it's not quite a movie, but it's not just a, a TV show either? Um, that might be a good way to go. Yeah, give them like an hour, hour and 15 minute and say, make it work, right? So mm-hmm. Make it work. If it does work, you get two more of these. If it doesn't, this was a one shot. So, so in that like case, the, yeah, in that case, I don't think it will have anything to do with Darth Revenant. That's the horrible one. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah, no, no, it'd have to be its own thing. But you know, make it like the original Star Wars, because if we had never gotten Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, the original Star Wars was still a complete story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's the, the only movie in the whole saga that is that, that way. And that's the problem with movies nowadays. I mean, I think we can all agree from mm-hmm. old school mindset, right? They have to make every movie a freaking trilogy now. It's like or no, some just, sort of interconnected. <laughs> yeah, thing. there's there's, there's yeah. something left open. It's like no, just write the movie, and that's what it is. I mean, it was a clever way of of getting Darth Vader to survive. Like we all admit that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not like you know they killed Darth Vader and then he rises from the ashes, right? To oh, you know, it's it's like no, he just. That was the way it worked. So be clever about it. Don't kill the major villain or the major sub villain. If you, if you want him to make a potential two or three. Um, but yeah, just like you said, absolutely. Nathan, make it a complete movie. Like I said, I, I mean, I'm fine even making it a two hour movie, but I would say it needs to be direct to Disney plus because mm-hmm. then it's not tied to anything like that. Now, to be fair, if they went the route of the old Republic, Scott, I would like it to be a series. Yeah. I don't think a good. movie yeah. would do it justice. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, in other Star Wars news this week, uh, Daphne Keene, who is going to be in Star Wars The Acolyte, speaking of stuff set in older uh, pre-Republic times or pre-prequel uh, times, uh, in uh, sometime in next year, and uh, she has come out and said that uh, she is going – or or rather someone has investigated her schedule, they're going to be continuing to film The Acolyte all the way through April of 2023. So uh, this is quite a lot of work. Um, and cameras started rolling early November this year in the United Kingdom, and they'll keep on filming all the way through next May. So basically all the way through the end of April. Um, and so uh, she was uh, – Miss Keene was somewhere talking about um, – uh, doing this and said that she definitely would be continuing to film the series through next April. Um, we don't know exactly the location parts have been happening already in the UK, but parts are being filmed in other areas of the world as well. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about the storyline of the Acolyte yet guys, but I'm excited to just see star Wars live action tackling something in the, what from our perspective, uh, if we use the battle of Yavin as the, uh, crux point of the star wars timeline which that's what we do between bc and ad <laughs> that's right between bc and ad or bby oh, or bby yep yep and so um so this would definitely be bby uh way bby um and so it's interesting i'm BBGR? excited <laughs> before the grand before the army of the grand republic before the clone wars anyway um yeah. i'm excited to see anything live action set in this area uh i don't know nathan what are your thoughts about uh the acolyte as a series and then you know hearing that daphne keen is confirmed that yes we're still working on it and we're going to be working on it through most of the first quarter and almost all of the second quarter of next year uh well i'm very excited about this uh we've talked many times on here about how we need to get away from the galactic civil war era. Uh, so I'm glad that we're doing that. 
Uh, I didn't recognize the name Daphne Keene, so I just looked her up, and she is uh, the little girl from Logan. X23. 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 Yeah. Um, So I felt like she did a great job in that movie. Um, So I'm excited to have her on board with this. Uh, The only negative comment I have is from a very selfish point of view. I uh, wish it was done earlier so we could see it sooner. There you go. I agree completely. Um, Yeah. Her timing and her expressiveness as X23 in Logan was great. Um, Feels like she's grown up way too fast, but uh, you Mm -hmm. know, um, she's ready for a a star Wars role and uh, she looks like she would be great as a Padawan. And we know that, um, or we're almost sure that she is a Padawan. Uh, who is going to reunite with her former master. Uh, sorry, no, that is not the person that Daphne Keene is playing. My bad. Mm-hmm. Daphne is probably going to be a dark side apprentice. Well, um, we don't we don't know yet what Daphne Keene is playing. That's your guess. Now, like I said, yeah. with it being April, her still filming it, that means she's playing kind of a major role at this point because she's going to be with them for a while. So that's that's where the guesswork is. What is she playing? I don't think so. I think she'll play a good guy. Interesting. Okay. I, I'm i leaning towards bad guy. Uh, well, whatever. She I, plays, I don't know why. Just, just based on feels. Whatever she plays, you can guarantee that we're going to be discussing it next year on the podcast because Speaking- Acolyte is one of the ones that we're all really excited to see. Speaking of Logan, that's uh, hitting five years as well this year. So both yeah. came out in 2017. <laughs> Actually, so. you know what? I... I I think I have identified uh, why my gut is saying bad guy. Uh, she is British Spanish, which means she she's has black at hair. <laughs> least 50% bad guy because the bad guys are always British. Yep. And, and apparently, and as we learned from Ray, you inherit your accent from your family. So yes. Yeah. Regardless of where you grow up in star Wars, you speak the way that whoever your family was speaks about. It's genetic. No getting around it. Good times. All right. Well, that is it for the Star Wars news this week. Uh, We're going to take a short break uh, for a quick commercial here, and then we are going to come back and basically do our Star Wars year in review, uh, where we're going to, you know, look back at at all the things that happened. And uh, it was a really busy year for Star Wars, actually. Um, We were trying to remember, gosh, did that happen this year, too, as we were putting together our timeline? Uh, So, yeah, come on back after the break, and uh, we'll break it all down. Thank you for listening. We hope you're enjoying this podcast. Here are the other great shows on the Fandom Podcast Network. Culture Clash, where we discuss the latest in entertainment and pop culture. Blood of Kings, our show covering the entire Highlander universe. Couch Potato Theater, we celebrate our favorite movies. And Time Warp, our fandom flashback show discussing a year in movies and our favorite retro movie, TV, and pop culture topics. Good evening, discussing all things Alfred Hitchcock. Hair Metal Podcast. We cover the rock metal music of the 80s and early 90s. Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast discussing the time-traveling Doctor Who universe. Lethal Mullet, an action film podcast covering the 80s, 90s, and beyond. Also, check out the Lethal Mullet Network for more great podcasts. What a Piece of Junk, our Star Wars podcast. Making Treks, a Star Trek podcast with a deep dive into the final frontier. The Fandom Show. Our Fandom Podcast Network live YouTube show discussing the hottest topics in fandom. The True Believers MCU Podcast discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Television Universe. Union Federation, our Star Trek and the Orville show. And we're proud to welcome the BQN Network to the Fandom Podcast Network. 
please visit our friends on the BQN Network, a Star Trek Universe podcast that also includes your favorite topics, movies, history, superheroes, and more. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on YouTube. The Fandom Podcast Network is also on all major podcast platforms. The Fandom Podcast Network audio master feed is on Podbean at fpnet.podbean.com. You can find the Fandom Podcast Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at fandompodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, respect others and enjoy your fandom. All right, great. Thanks so much, Kevin. Please check out all those awesome shows. Okay, guys, 2022, year in review from a galaxy far, far away standpoint. Man, we were busy this year. Um, Nathan, take us through the uh, the, the timeline here. Uh, we can just go beat by beat and talk a little bit about each of the uh, important moments of uh, of Star Wars entertainment this year. Well, we're going to start off by talking about the various series that we saw in the past year, uh, starting with the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, now, the first episode of the Book of Boba Fett did come out in 2021 on December 29th. So we're going to count that because it was within the last 365 days from the time of this recording. And also the rest of the Book of Boba Fett did come out in yeah. 2022. Absolutely. Uh, also- the lion's share of the series happened in 22. And it was technically Mando season 2.5. So and that was all in the back. <laughs> right. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we also had Kenobi uh, come out this year. The entirety of that uh, season was in this year. And then we had the Jedi tales, mm-hmm. uh, which released, uh, as we mentioned earlier, all in one day, uh, which, which was uh, quite surprising <laughs> compared to yeah. how everything else was coming out. Yeah. Uh, we do have a little bit of uh, video game stuff to talk about. Uh, we had the Lego Star Wars come out. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about SWOTOR, Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, having their 10th anniversary this year. And it's also the 20th anniversary of the end of Decipher producing the Star Wars collectible card game, uh, which, uh, Scott, you still play that. Uh, mm-hmm. I will occasionally play a couple of, of decks against each other. Hey, 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 we've yep, got Derek, Derek has even more star Wars cards than I do, which, you know, at a certain time were blown would blow me away. This yeah. guy can kill one of your two. <laughs> well, I, one of I, them- did, I then have to rip this card in half. So let me do no! that. right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, this is both the last expansion, right? So it's from the same expansion of Reflections 3 there. But on mm-hmm. top of that, these guys both reprised their roles in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's right. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Uh, the little cameo from Force Ghost Qui-Gon was probably one of my favorite parts of the Obi-Wan series, which is which was just great. Just great. Uh, but yeah, going back over your, um, your timeline here, Nathan, um, Book of Boba Fett, to me, I loved it. I thought it was a great Star Wars experience. I know that uh, some folks have complained about how it wasn't, uh, you know, the the thing that they were hoping for it to be. Um, but that's almost a complaint regardless of what gets made in Star Wars these days. Oh, and I didn't even put Andor on this list. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you did <laughs> because, forget that. Because it was so recent. I forgot that it... Uh, it you know it's technically part of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yes, an embarrassment of riches for Star Wars fans this year. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed seeing the uh, the 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 history of Boba Fett 
um, I don't want to say retconned because, uh, you know, the, the, the previous legends history was no longer canon. Um, but I guess it was retconned because they, they excised what we had in the old expanded universe and brought in this whole new version of what happened to him between his, uh, time as a child and, and becoming the most notorious bounty hunter. And then also what happened, uh, after all of that, um, you know, the rebirth of Boba Fett, if you will, um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I don't think I would change a thing about that series. I think it was executed well, and I enjoyed how heavily it was connected to the Mandalorian because Boba Fett was the first Mandalorian we ever saw in Star Wars. So having him be, you know, having an impact on the guy who is now the Mandalorian um, makes sense to me and makes me happy as a longtime fan. Uh, Derek, retrospective on Book of Boba Fett, real quick. Were you was that one of your highlights of this uh, like year? I or? Said, nah. Yeah, it was kind of hit and miss on certain things, right? Um, I, I again, just I think the the way they sequenced it, right? I think if they just would have done the first two or three episodes as the entire flashback, and then gave us everything at once um, of current date, um, I, I think would have been better. And then obviously, I mean, everything that we got from Mando season two point five was phenomenal, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we got the dark saber battle and him, you know, basically going off from the armor we got him you know his new his new you know basically spaceship yeah um, since you know he lost um you know the razor uh, crest yeah the razor crest so i was trying to think the the nabu starfighter um but it's interesting though because actually just this past week uh tomorrow morrison came out um saying that he's hoping disney this is quote disney he wants disney to make uh boba fett badass again so, so we're hoping, you know, maybe we'll see with season three in Mandalorian. Cause obviously the way they left it, you know, and this is going to be the battle for Mandalore. I mean, we've, we've gotten, you know, snippets already from what they're showing. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that Boba helps him, but at the same time, it would be not shocking if Boba has nothing to do with Mandalore because technically he feels like he doesn't owe anything to Mandalore. Right. So um, but we'll see. So I, I'm just hoping that we do get a season two with it though. Yeah, I could totally uh, see a season two. And I mean, how much more badass does he need to be? He killed Cad Bane. That was pretty awesome. Oh, speaking and of road on a rancor. Oh, everybody, everybody act, act professional or something. Uh, Commander Kyle has just arrived. Wait, I, w- I was just doing the union federation podcast and teleported out and I ended up here. What did you guys do now? <laughs> oh, I think I accidentally <laughs> flew through the matter stream. My bad. Uh, well, I just I just wanted to pop in, make sure I caught you guys to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and well, thank, thank you all you. the wonderful listeners out there of what a piece of junk and just find out, you know, what do you get? What are you guys talking about tonight? What do you, what's Perfect on? timing. We're just yeah. recapping yeah. Star Wars in 2022. What was your favorite uh, thing out of, uh, you know, think about all the things that happened. We can go through it. Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi, Jedi Tales and Andor. If you're thinking from Star Wars, Disney stuff. Also, you know, video games, you know, we got a few things that were put out. Um, but, uh, you know, for your, uh, you know, perception or your review, you know, what was your favorite Star Wars thing that happened this year for you? Uh, two things, actually. Um, one was Andor. Andor Andor by far was the cream of the crop of Star Wars for the year. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a very interesting year for Star Wars, to be sure. But it was the cream of the crop. And something I bet I'm curious because I haven't had a chance to talk with about this with you guys. They released a Star Wars Vision comic about three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I haven't looked at the comic yet, but that's a great. I'm glad it exists. It, I, I was very glad that it exists, too. It's uh, um, another 
tale of our favorite Star Wars Ronin, and it was very interesting, and I really enjoyed it. I like I liked getting back to one of those vision worlds, and I'm really hoping it's something they do more of, whether we get short, sh- more animated shorts and other episodes of Visions or more comics, whatever. I, I really hope they d- dive more into the world of Visions. And I just got to say, too, I am very excited for the upcoming sequel to uh, the Jedi series for Mm-hmm. Um, EA with Cal Kestis because that's the trailer that came out looked phenomenal. Yeah, yeah Jedi, Jedi Survivor. Survivor. Yeah, yeah, Jedi yeah. Survivor. It looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I just gotta say too, um, Bad Batch season two looks really good. It looks like yeah, it it's does. gonna be a much better. I think it looks like it's gonna be better than the first season. I, I hope so, and I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I was saying that I really enjoyed Book of Boba Fett this year. Um, I know it wasn't everyone's first choice, but uh, I I had a great time with it. Um, and uh, I enjoyed Kenobi as well. Uh, if we're going in chronological order there, uh, I have to say Jedi Tales kind of fell flat for me. Um, and I think uh, at least Derek and Nathan agreed about that when we were discussing Jedi Tales on the week of its release. I think Jedi Tales kind of fell through the cracks a little bit. I mm-hmm. think it didn't get as much hype as it should have gotten. I thought it was solid, but it wasn't as good as Visions for me personally. Um, Kenobi, I, 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 while I enjoyed Kenobi, I think the biggest thing for me with Kenobi was it was so tied up by canon restrictions that, and you could feel it during the show at times. And I, th- I think it really hurt, but it also brought us a superstar, in my opinion, in our young, new, new young princess on the on the field because she was phenomenal and still my heart, and I know a lot of other people's hearts. Book of Boba Fett, I think, was a is a great way to look at Star Wars and sum it up for this year, both good and bad. And Book of Boba Fett had bad in it and it had good in it. Um, I think that I think the thing with Book of Boba Fett for me is that. It's too much Mandalorian season two point five at the mm. at the at the end of it, and it didn't get a chance to really necessarily stand on its own two feet. And they, in, in a way, I think they kind of like let Mandalorian be the crutch that boosted it up, especially bringing back Grogu and everything everything like that yeah. in Book of Boba Fett when that really should have been to me something that should have happened in Mandalorian season season three. So I I, I kind of feel like they kind of were like were like. When I look back, when I think about it, I'm not going to say it's a bad show because none of the shows were bad. I'm not, so I want to make that clear. But I think if they felt like they got halfway through the book of Boba Fett and went, we really don't know what we're doing here. Okay, we're just going to just make Mando 2.5. And I, I think it, I, on one hand, it dis, I think it disserviced some of the characters that we got introduced to in book of Boba Fett because they ended up taking a backseat in their own show. And um, on the other hand, it was, it was still fun. It was still fun to have Mandalorian. It was still fun to see all that. I just... It could have waited until Mando season three for me and given book of the characters we did like in Book of Boba Fett more of a chance to shine. But that's just my personal thought. Yeah, for me, a couple of the characters I really liked in Book of Boba Fett ended up getting killed. I feel way too quickly, uh, you mm-hmm. know, especially when they blew up the cantina. You know. Yeah, that, yeah. That, uh, um, you never. You don't mess with Jennifer. You never mess right? with Jennifer. Oh, yeah. What God, was that about? Come on, people. Just, no, no, never. <laughs> But but Max Rebo lived though. So Max yes. Rebo did live because he was not playing that night. So <laughs> canonically, yes. <laughs> so so it might be Max Rebo's casino in, in Book of Boba Fett season two. So it might be. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the major domo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, the mayor's mm-hmm. major domo. I, I yeah. think he was probably the my favorite new character, at least. Um, but yeah, as far as Book of Boba Fett goes, uh, I agree with Derek that um, yeah, if I could put on my director's cap, I know, Scott, you said you wouldn't change a thing. 
there's things I would have changed. And one of the big things was how the flashbacks were handled. Flashbacks are okay, but they need to somehow tie into what's happening in the rest of the episode thematically, or there needs to be some sort of parallel. And it really felt like they just use it as a way to show, okay, this happened before. And I felt like they did it that way just because they didn't want to jump backwards in time. But it would have been better if they had jumped backwards in time. And just and said, I think this I think happened Andor, before Mandalorian. Yeah, Andor has shown us that they can jump backwards and forwards in time during the same episode and audiences will be okay with it. Yeah. As long I, as there's something thematic tying it. Because the yeah. flashbacks in Andor, there was something in each one of those flashbacks that made you understand why they well, were showing that flashback. At and that the time. flashbacks weren't half an episode either. Or That's the whole too. episode. Or the whole, yeah, yeah. Or the entire episode. Yeah. Well, so, so, yeah. So, that, that brings me to a point because, you, as I said, Boba Book of Boba Fett was kind of like half Mando season two. And they had, could they avoid that by just starting at the point where he gets out of the Sarlacc and telling yeah. that story up to, up yeah. to that? Absolutely. And, and just, just handled it that way instead of having episodes that, even if, if even if the episodes would have been a little shorter or they extended it, had to extend out that aspect of it, just build it from that point when he's out, of, him getting out of the Sarlacc and just tell us that story arc and end yeah. the book of Boba Fett chapter one there. And well, then that, that's what it should have been a, a mm-hmm. book, right? It should have been mm-hmm. okay. Chapter one, escape, right. And, and get through the, the whole sand people, right. Chapter two is with, you know, further with the sand people is perfectly fine. Episode three could have been a time gap of jump. and would have been something in between. Then episode four could have been one more or starting at the current, right. And we could have gotten different chapters afterwards. Right. And that's what we all thought it was going to be, but really it wasn't. I mean, it was just like, it felt like Robert Rodriguez was trying to pull a Quentin Tarantino, but it just wasn't working. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think they learned their lesson because in Andor, they told us this, this is five BBY because yeah. they realized, you know what? People are okay with us going backwards in time. We do it plenty and have prequels and all of that in Star Wars. Yeah. As as long as we're just upfront about, yeah, the first half of this season takes place before you see Boba Fett meet up with Mandalorian. Yeah. 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 Give, give us a little bit of chronological order or, or, yeah. or something like that to clear it up. Because I think especially in the Mandalorian mm-hmm. timeline, there's still a lot, lot of confusion as to the where and when some of this is happening between the end of Jedi and the force awakens. Yes. So I, I, I think they do need to clear that up. at least with Andor, we kind of ha- have a set time period. And I think that that helps obviously too. I think what I, what I'm hoping for out of coming out of Andor is that we s- see these creative at Lucasfilm realize we can do different styles and it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that will be Andor's lasting legacy for every year of star Wars going forward is that this year was the year that they proved to us that audiences will accept different genres almost within mm-hmm. the star Wars galaxy. Yeah. It doesn't have to do anything with a lightsaber at all. Right. 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 Well, and don't, not we, we don't need Jedi. Well, not, need Jedi. not that Jedi are bad, but we yeah. need, we don't you, need them to tell well, a story. And, yeah. and you can tell an adult story in star Wars. You don't where, need a super weapon for them to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, yeah, it just, it, you can actually have, you know, a good deep plot. And, and like I said, and just like, I mean, cause to be fair, clone wars did lay the groundwork for that. 
It just hadn't been done in, in live action. And again, I think that's part of the thing that's done so well with Andor is that it is showing you the political side. I mean, and let's be honest, what what is probably the number one thing that causes, you know, drama, religion and politics? Yeah. <laughs> and if you take out the religion and make politics the forefront, well, it still makes for great drama. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's because those are such points of contention, you know, and you've got to have conflict for there to be interesting drama. That's just yep. all there is to it. Yep. There can be different types of conflict, but there's got to be something. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, Kyle, you dropped in right at the right time. So, you know, the, the force moves in mysterious ways. Hmm. I, I actually, I have, I have one question for you guys still that I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, sounds like you're kind of wrap just about wrapping up. So I appreciate you guys. Let me hop in real quick, but I did have one question for you. What is one? Th- I know you guys will dive into it more once we get into um, 2023, but you guys are going to be busy right out of the gate. Bad batch starts right then and you you're hopping right into Mandalorian before Bad Batch is even done. So you guys you guys know how busy you guys are gonna be. So I wanted to ask you now, give me something that you're looking forward to in Star Wars in twenty twenty three or something you hope that sees happen in Star Wars in twenty twenty three. Derek, you can I, go first. Oh, oh Derek, okay. Yep. Well, no, um, Derek. Well I mean at this point I'm I don't know if we'll get it or not. So it's hard to say because Ahsoka is 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 filming now, and we're gonna get that towards the end. So I, I just want to see Sabine live action. I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. Um, because, like I said, she's kind of my favorite character. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. You know, if what we've gotten from Rebels and, and that, and I, I'm almost because. That was one of the things I really, and again, Rebels is, is like Clone Wars, where there was just so many episodes that they could do that, where they could just take an episode and and really do character depth and bring drama out, right? Which we got with Andor, right? So I don't think Ahsoka is going to take the Andor route. I think it's going to take more of the Mandalorian route, right? Since that's kind of, I feel like it's going to be more whimsical and, and stuff, but maybe there might be a little bit in the Ahsoka series where they do do some good and or quote unquote writing. Um, and, and that's where I'm hoping that we'll get a bit with that with, you know, Sabine Ahsoka and live action Thrawn. I mean, that's the big thing yeah. too. So yeah, that's going to be awesome. That'll, that'll, that'll be the highlight of 2023. I mean, obviously we're going to get, yeah. Um, yeah. Mando season three, but uh, uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll see what carries off from there, but yeah, what they do with Ahsoka. Nathan. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to phrase this kind of in, in the opposite light of something that I want to see not happen. And that is uh, delays and cancellations. Mm. Um, because we've had a, a couple of projects like, uh, like rogue squadron that, you know, have been pulled off the table. Uh, Bad batch. You know, we kept thinking bad batch was just around the corner uh, and it got delayed. Season two got delayed a few times. Um, so I'm hoping that that sort of thing, doesn't continue to happen. Um, so I guess to, to phrase it as something I hope we do see a lot of uh, notifications saying, Hey, everything we've said that we're coming, going to come out with is still on the table and still on time. Yeah, here's, yeah. here's the one good thing though, with, with the recent news that came out of Warner brothers for the DCU, Patty Jenkins schedules a lot more free now. So maybe we might still get rogue squadron. <laughs> That's true. I have alternate feelings on that. I'll get to it in a minute. Oh, Scott, <laughs> what about you? What are you looking forward to? I'm going to sort of piggyback on Nathan's. I know big shock. Um, 
and I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to Ahsoka big time. Um, but I'm looking forward to some sort of definitive announcement about the next Star Wars movie, what it's going to be, and when it's going to come to the theater near me. As you guys always hear me say, and I will for the rest of my life as a Star Wars fan, to me, Star Wars is a movie property first. I want to watch a movie. I want to watch it on the big screen. I want to watch it in a theater with my with my crew and my all my other fellow Star Wars fans. It's a communal experience. It always should be that way. And to me, the movies that come out in theaters are the the tent pole the, uh, for Star Wars, upon, upon which everything else hangs. Um, I love the series on streaming. I love the animation. I love the video games. I love all the ancillary board games and card games and merchandise. But it's a movie first. And to me, it always should be. And right now, we are, in my opinion, adrift in the sea of cinematic property and that we don't know when does a new Star Wars coming and we don't have any idea what it might be about and what part of the timeline it's set upon and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I hope that next year we get some kind of concrete definitive announcement and then piggybacking on Nathan's thing that that announcement isn't then countermanded, you know, a couple of weeks later as has been happening over in Warner Brothers land here this in the tail end of this year. Um, geez. You know, if I wasn't such a big Warhammer 40k fan, I'd be crying about what happened with Henry Cavill and Superman. I loved him as Superman. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a whole other podcast, but tangentially related because Warhammer 40k, of course, only exists due to the success of Star Wars in the 1970s uh, and was always a seminal impact upon Warhammer 40k as a universe, right down to the fact that the big guy in charge of the big government is the emperor. Well, the good thing, Scott, as long as so so the the last Skywalker came out in 2019. So as long as they beat it by 2035, they're still doing better than Lucasfilm because that'll be less than 16 years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, oh gosh. Speaking of making it fit in the timeline, not wait that long. <laughs> yeah, please don't wait that long. But the um, speaking of making it fit in the timeline, the best uh, reaction to the announcement of Henry Cavill is doing a Warhammer 40,000 show. The best one I saw was a guy replied in the comments, "Oh my gosh, I've not finished watching Warhammer's one through 39." thousand nine hundred and ninety nine <laughs> <laughs> i think i think i'm on about twenty three sixty eight ninety one something like that yeah I don't know. yeah even if you're still in the 20 uh in the 23rd millennium you're uh you're you're you've got a ways to a go long way to go yeah that's a lot that's a lot of binge watch yes but for me i, I just want to say this about 2023 for star wars i actually think it's the most important year in star wars since the year force week because I really think Star Wars is at a cross crossroads that's really key. I think we've seen that they can do different things with Andor when they allow themselves to do it. They need to allow themselves to do it more. I don't want to see anything about a movie until you have a director signed to a contract, a lead signed to a contract, and you've actually filmed some, some trailer footage or teaser footage that you can show at either Comic-Con or D23 or something like that. Because yeah, then we know guess what? it's, it's <laughs> or, or really happening. Yeah. I, I don't need any more of this person's getting a Star Wars movie. This person's getting a Star Wars movie. This person's getting a Star Wars movie. Give us something solid. Even if it's has to wait till 2024, give us something solid. I think Ahsoka right now is the biggest and most important puzzle piece for Star Wars for 2023. Ahsoka's got to be good because the other thing that I know that's coming out in 2023 that I'm not hearing real good things about is Skeleton Crew. And I know that they said that's going to tie into the Mando universe. But there's yeah. all kinds of not good things coming out from the set, from the cast, yeah. from the crew. Um, I, I, I have 
strong reservations about that show. Like so anything Star Wars, I will give it the benefit of the doubt till it comes out, and hopefully it surprises me. But I'm a little nervous about that. But I'm also very getting more and more intrigued by Acolyte because I'm I love the casting for Acolyte. I'm a big Daphne yep. Keen fan. Loved her in Logo Logan. She's actually really good in His Dark Materials on the HBO show. The HBO show, and I'm hearing it's going to have an Andor type feel with it, a little bit of a darker side to it. And I also think it's very important for this show to be a hit for the continued existence of the High Republic side of Star Star Wars right now, because this is supposedly when this is going to take place. And I think it's going to be exposing people to a lot of the High Republic for the first time. So yeah. I think I think it's very important that that show does well. But this is definitely a huge crossroads year for Star Wars. And I think it's I think it's very important now that Bob Iger is back in the fold. I have a feeling this is the year we see Kathleen Kennedy finally retire. I think I think that's in the mix. I think she's been holding out for Indiana Jones 5. Once that's done, she's going to announce her retirement. We'll at least get a retirement announcement from her. might not be until 2024, but I think she is going to retire. And then we get to find out who really is going to step up and really kind of take the reins at Lucasfilm. Is it going to be John Favreau? Or is he going to be like, no, I don't. I, I love being part of this, but I don't want to be in charge of it. Because there's a, that's a big difference. Yes. So it's, and I don't think Dave's ready yet. And that's just my personal opinion. I think Dave still has some Padawan training to go through before he goes through the master trial. He hasn't gone through his master trials yet. So well, I, I, I don't think he'd want it either. I think he'd rather be in the trenches making the shows. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with that completely, but I think they need to, whoever they put in charge needs to be somebody who understands the creative as well as the business side. And as say what you will about Kathleen Kennedy, I'm not going to make this a bad mouth Kathleen Kennedy because she's a brilliant businesswoman, but she needs she needs to know you need to when you're in business, you also need to know where your weak points are and know have people around you to help strengthen those. And I think that she has learned that lesson somewhat because I think she relies a lot more on John Favreau and Dave and some of those people on the creative side than what she was when things first transitioned over. But I think it's a transition year for Lucasfilm. I think it's a transition year for Star Wars. It started with Andor in twenty twenty two. I think it continues through twenty twenty three. But they got to get the movie in right. And I think that's one of the biggest, most important things for Star Wars right here, right now, is to get us a movie. Quit talking about Ryan Johnson trilogies. Quit talking about Taika, whatever Taika is supposedly doing. I'm not completely sold on that. Or Kevin Feige. Or Kevin Feige. Again, I'm not sold on that right now either. Get something solid. Just Just give us something. Don't even bring up anything about who's doing it, whatever. Let's find out all together and put some footage on the screen. Let's, let's yes. be surprised all together at the same time with footage on the screen. You're bringing out the director. You're bringing out at least one of the leads. Yep. As, yeah. especially, as long as it's not Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> or Mark. Yeah. Even, or even uncle Mark. So we're good. Give us something new. So, so cool. I would, I would like 2023 to finally get the announcement of the Lando Chronicles and oh, what's going on with great. Donald Glover. I want yeah. that. I want that. I'll be honest. I'd rather have that than a movie announcement right now. I'd I'd rather have that solidified that Donald's in it's signed. He's going to, whenever we start filming it in the next year and a half or whatever, but I want that on the dotted line. So we get that, you know, whether it's going to be solo two version and in, in Lando or whatever, but I got to get that. So that's what I want in 2023 is a wish list to get completed besides well, all the things we talked about, like, you know, Ahsoka being good and all that. We know anything with Solo just depends on if Alden Oddenreich survives the cocaine bear or not. 
<laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> well, whatever happens in 2023 for Star Wars, you can be sure that we're going to discuss it here on What a Piece of Junk. Um, yeah, so do we want to talk t-shirts or do we want to just go yes. ahead and close one out? We want to talk t-shirts. Yeah. Nathan's Although, got a new one. Kyle yes. gets a pass because he didn't intend to materialize on the ship today. So, yeah, uh, Nathan. That's why he's wearing up? his red shirt. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I am wearing a brand new t-shirt this week. Uh, it is one that I got from Her Universe because I may have been ordering a Christmas gift. Um, and I decided while I'm here, I'm going to get something for myself too. Uh, this t-shirt features Ahsoka riding oh. a loth wolf. Oh, that's that. awesome. Thumbs up. So, the big thumbs up here. Yeah. The, it's almost um, Princess um, Mononoke. Yeah. I am loving it. Uh, it's just line art. So it's, um, you know, no color or anything, just gray with the black lines. Um, so it's kind of understated there. I love that fact about it. Um, and I mean, there's a loft wolf on it. How can I go wrong? Nathan, do you know, did Dave draw that, that drawing? I don't think so. I, I think it might actually be Ashley Eckstein. Whoa, neat. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that. I can go back and double check while everybody else is telling yeah, about this. She's really expanded her line. So she's gotten a lot of like famous artists it, and, and clothing design people to start contributing to her line of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it could be one of those two, but it could be somebody that's just really good at, at doing it, right? That's famous name. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I will say it is definitely a uh, Her Universe exclusive. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's not something you can get anywhere else. So, well, I had right. I had tacos for dinner tonight, so I'm rocking Juan <laughs> Solo from Chewy's Mexican. It's got Han wearing his sombrero and carrying two chili peppers instead of his blaster pistol. Um, I got to go eat at Chewy's again sometime soon. Their their menu has changed since the pandemic, but uh, but they still make really good Tex-Mex, and who doesn't love an excellent Star Wars pun? So Juan Solo, it is. Uh, Derek, what you got? And I've got my usual Sunday, not today shirts of the ATAT <laughs> walker on the ground there collapsed that it's a Sunday fun day. So it is such a comfortable shirt though. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I have to look at the material, but compared to my, all my other star Wars shirts that I've picked up from like turtle tea or, or, or Coles or whatever, like this one's from Coles, but it's like super comfortable. So I like it. Um. You know, I, I, I have to back up here a little bit and apologize, Scott. You are absolutely correct. This is based on one of Dave Filoni's concept art sketches. See, it go. looked so, like Dave's style of art to me, which is the whole reason I asked. So, woohoo. So now I love it even more. I didn't know that that was possible. Yeah, good times, good times. Well, if you guys out there want to get a t shirt that you'll love, check out the Fandom Podcast Network store over at tpublic.com. Just search up Fandom Podcast Network in the search bar at TeePublic, and you can find excellent What a Piece of Junk t-shirts or mouse pads or iPod covers or, or sorry, iPad covers or anything cool like that, coffee mugs, etc. for our show or any of the other awesome shows here on the Fandom Podcast Network. And of course, you can help support the network when you make purchases there. I think Kyle even has a pillow in the shot behind him yes, there that is from. back back there i'm gonna let you guys see that and not my full jar jar binks full back tattoo because you know jar jar binks <laughs> is gonna be the bomb <laughs> he, he might be the acolyte 
<laughs> well, he can't be the acolyte. He's the master. He's the one but, pulling Palpatine well, strings. He's, he's got to become at some point. He's not just born. I mean, that would be phenomenal. He's like even more amazing than Anakin. He was just born. A Sith he, he was Lord. born a Sith Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, on that I had to finish the rum and coke. Oh my god! Uh, I come here, I cause havoc. I'm sorry. Uh, there we go. Oh well, uh, it'll choking, be good. Choking it down over here. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, Derek, why don't you let folks know where they can find the podcast out there on the old internet? Well, the biggest place is obviously off the master feed of you know, our master feed of Podbean.com. Uh, so the Podbean app, but you can get us on. Uh, uh, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play. You can get us even, you know, with the the any type of podcast download. That's where you want to get us, right? Um, and obviously, you know, the big thing for us though is you can also visit us on Facebook, uh, where it's the page that I run. It's the What a Piece of Junk, a Star Wars podcast Facebook group. You can find us on uh, Twitter that Scott runs at what wars and last but not least, you can find us on the fandom podcast, Instagram. Uh, so yeah, that would be great. Nathan, we always like it when you do uh, tell us about those Apple podcasts or early any podcast review. Well, we'd love to get the Apple podcast reviews or any podcast review uh, because that helps let us know what uh, you want to hear from us. We love to get the five-star reviews um, because you know, those are great, but yeah, whatever you feel like we actually deserve. Um, also, it helps other fans find us. So that's always a great thing. And we do want to make sure that we get those five-star reviews because if we don't, Ray Park said he was going to come and find me and cut me in half. So, yeah. We don't I'm want that to scared of him. Yeah, great. Okay, well, we uh, want to say once again, happy holidays to everyone whistling, uh, listening, and uh, we thank you very much for joining us this year throughout 2022. Kyle? I just want to say to, to you guys, um, you've done a phenomenal job this year, uh, and you guys have really hit your stride in podcasting, and I'm sorry it's going to be messed up a little bit because I've interviewed for a fourth member for What a Piece of Job. His name is Cyril. He he, he seems like an okay guy. <laughs> um, I, I, you, I You guys can just do it. Deal with that as you need to, but you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say cereal like cocoa puffs? <laughs> yes, like blue, 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 blue milk. Blue blue puffs. Puffs. <laughs> We're gonna have a whole pod. You guys are gonna have a whole spinoff card podcast on blue cocoa puffs. So it's it's, it's gonna be fun. Um, there we go. But yeah, but, but the other thing is, too, is like I said, you guys have been phenomenal this year, and you guys, next year's even better. You guys are like I said, are hitting it right out of the gate with Bad Batch and going into Mandalorian. So I'm just want to say how proud I am of you. I know Kevin feels the same way. You guys are doing a phenomenal job. And I need to hype something here real quick, if you guys don't mind, because I know not only do Star Wars fans listen to this podcast, but so do Batman fans. And a very good friend of our network, Johnny K, has put out a Batman fan film, The Oath. And it's on YouTube. It's been out for 12 days and just hit 100,000 views. We've done a couple of great interviews with Johnny K, one strictly about The Oath, and then he joined us for a very special Couch Potato Theater on Batman 89 that just recently came out. We just... He's been great to our network, giving us a lot of love. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows what an amazing project he's doing. And this, this film, it's a film. It's not a short film. This is, looks like this is a movie quality film. Go check, go find it. The Oath, a Batman fan film on YouTube. Um, I don't mean to hijack the show, but it's just, it's that good. And this is a, this is a class guy with class actors who put a lot of love and faith into this. So check it out guys. Yeah. We'll definitely be sure to check it out. I'm a, a big DC Comics fan, so I 
we'll definitely check that out. Um, I'm, I'm guessing Mr. Miracle's not in it. He's the primary reason I'm a DC fan, but yeah, he, 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 he was doing something in Apocalypse at the time, you know. Maybe the that, Oath too. That tracks, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe if he does well. Yeah, there you go. Good. The new guys can show yeah. up there. Well, but some people do consider Tim Burton's Gotham kind of a different version of Apocalypse. So. <laughs> <laughs> the case could be made. Yes. Well, yeah. it's we always love to hear about fans who are passionate about their stuff. So thanks for sharing that with us, Kyle. Um, and so on that note, we want to thank all of our listeners for joining us throughout this year. We look forward to seeing y'all in the new year in 2023. Uh, so please remember to hit us up on social media between shows to let us know what we can do to improve or change the show, or just tell us what you like about it or don't like about it. Um, but whatever you do, please always remember to always respect each other and always respect each other's fandom. All right, Nathan, punch it. Mm-hmm. 